When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Wrestling Inc. podcast after SmackDown on a warm Friday night. I am Alfred Kunwa, joined as always by our returning champion, NYC Demon Diva herself, Issa. Thank you so much for spending your 6-9 day with me and Issa. Yeah, I mean, there's other things you could be doing, but you're here with us and we appreciate it. <laughs> like what? Watching Rampage. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Good answer. Great answer. Yes. Rampage. Shout out to all the hardworking men and women uh, out on Rampage. We are going on after SmackDown today to discuss another big angle involving the bloodline and where fun episodes. Very fun episode. I love this episode. I've been watching yeah, a lot of Iron Sheik footage because of what you know his passing and whatnot. And this very much reminds me of how they used to do it in the old school. It's very simple. Into the baby faces, booing the heels, great simple storylines and cliffhangers. So we're going to get into this because I thought it was an excellent show. I, I love your jacket. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It's a members only. It's not a members only jacket, but you have to be a member to have this jacket. Mm, I'll, I'll okay. get you in the club, Isa. Yeah, I know. I know you would. <laughs> uh, well, we've got a lot of news before we get into SmackDown. And uh, up and down, let's start with the good news, bad news situation for AEW, namely AEW Collision, of course, is a show that is being brought along to accommodate CM Punk. And right on cue, it seems to only be doing well in CM Punk's hometown of Chicago. And it sold 7,000 tickets before the announcement of CM Punk. And since then, it has moved about 1,000 tickets. As of this writing, 8,200 tickets have been moved for uh, United Center and Chicago, which is a far cry from the number they did when CM Punk debuted. Of course, they sold out the United Center for that debut in a building that holds about 25,000, so they've got a long way to go before they get there. But the even more uh, daunting news is that AEW Collision in Canada, or its four-way in Canada, is not doing well. Uh, they've sold about 700 tickets um, in uh, Regina, or in Hamilton, and then in Regina and Calgary, 1,300 46, 34, 25, respectively. And then, of course, Toronto has sold 1,800, just over 1,800. So selling okay in Chicago, not really selling all that well in Canada, which is kind of a warning sign for what is going to be seen as a B-show initially, Issa. Um, have they? Have we gotten an update on ticket sales after they announced that CM Punk will, in fact, be wrestling night one? Because I wasn't yeah. expecting that. And I thought that was like an actual announcement because I thought he was going to come back and say, hey, I'm back. And that was going to be the end of his return on um, on the first episode of Collision. So I was very shocked to hear that he's going to be wrestling. And I think that will move some tickets. Maybe they should start announcing the car for the up and coming collisions um, ahead of, you know, just to move the ticket sales. But they do have a lot of shows around that Canada area around the same time. And I feel like you're putting the fans in a position where they got to pick because not everybody has the money to go to all these shows. Not everybody's going to drive out to go to all these shows. So if I'm living in Canada, I'm going to nitpick which shows I want to go to. And that's Forbidden Door. And Forbidden Door is probably a big investment. So I I, I think that all of the shows that they're doing in, in the same area is hurting their ticket sales, at least in the Canada area. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier, he moved about 1,000 tickets, so they had sold about 7,000 initially, and then Tony Khan announced CM Punk, and since then, they've moved about 1,000, which it is uh, definitely... But he announced that he was going to come back. Punk. Now he yeah. announced that he's wrestling, so I don't know if that's going to move any additional tickets or not. Yeah, we'll see, because they did announce that first main event, which is going to be CM Punk and FTR against Bullet Club Gold. So the thing with this show, it's got very little room for error in terms of AEW right. collision. It's up against a lot. Not only is there a lot of content on TV, not only is there a lot of good wrestling content on TV, as we're going to talk about with SmackDown, but also when it comes to collision, we all know about the Saturday night competition, which is going to be very tough for collision. We all know about the preemptions with all these playoff games that are going to happen on Saturday night and college football games. And now, in addition to this, 
in order to have this come off in his A show, it's going to be very hard to do that with 700 people in the building. So it's going to be very tough in terms of presenting this as an A show. And I do agree with your point in terms of all these people in there because Forbidden Door is actually selling very well. They've almost sold 13,000. The matches they announced so far will make you want to catch a flight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that I mean, that announcement with Brian alone. I remember, like, I, I think it was the first thing I saw on Twitter when I woke up that morning. I was like, oof. I mean, that, that will make it worth going along. And I feel like if I'm in that area, I would rather go to Forbidden Door. Yeah, and I think everybody's made that decision in Canada because it's doing very well. They've pretty much sold out that event. And then everything else in that area is not selling. So they don't see that as a big of a deal in terms of AEW. But uh, Forbidden Door, good news for that in terms of that uh, show. Good news for AEW Collision in Chicago, kind of. Because even with 8,000, that's a little low in terms of what CM Punk was doing when he first came back, which uh, obviously you can't judge it by then. I'm just going to be very fascinated to see how he's received on television. Chicago, I'll assume he's going to be a big baby face. Yeah. But moving forward, what's it going to be like? Because he's been getting some mixed reactions, and I think this could make for some compelling television. Very curious to see how they book him on night one. Um, I'm most more curious about how he goes for CM Punk on the second week of Collision because we know what his reaction is going to be on in Chicago. That's not, That shouldn't be a shocker for anyone, regardless of all the stories and how other fans are reacting. CM Punk is pre pretty much the mayor of Chicago, so he's going to get a great reaction. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs just gets a big win in Rampage, FYI. Oh, there you go. That might be the CM Punk effect. I hear CM Punk is a big fan of Will Hobbs. Okay. Good for Powerhouse Hobbs, and thank you for the update. Um, gotcha. Well, we're talking about CM Punk. CM Punk is rumored opponent for Forbidden Door is going to be none other than Kenta, who, of course, CM Punk has openly admitted he stole the GTS. And this has led to somewhat of a social media feud between the two. So Kenta did tweet to Tony Khan, give me the bag. And uh, I can only assume that this is going to lead to Kenta versus CM Punk at Forbidden Door. Are we excited about this, Issa? Do you think they're going to do some kind of gimmick like they did with Jade and Taya Valkyrie, where it was like, oh, you can't hit the move? <laughs> they could do something like that. I would appreciate I that. That's the I thing. Know. They just did a storyline with two similar finishes. So I would like it to be different because there's a lot of different things you could do when two people have the same finisher. But the whole storyline between these two, like like Taya Valkyrie and Jay, Jay going into their feud, that wasn't the story between them. Mm -hmm. the, here, you could actually capitalize out of that storyline. But like you said, because you just did it, it's going to seem it's going to seem repetitive, but I think it will be, it will, I will be curious to see a storyline like that between these two, but regardless, yes, I will be excited to see the match. I think it will, I think it will slap. All, all these legal issues CM Punk is going through. I mean, why not make this a legal issue? Just like they did with Jade and Taya. You have CM Punk, legal lawyer. Issues? CM Punk, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Oh, yeah, no, that's no. very rare for him to be involved in legal issues, but you have him bring out a lawyer and the lawyer. And then Kent just says, I can't talk about the GTS. I cannot talk about it. I'm tied up in legal right. drama. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. They're both Passer Prime. I, I think this match would have been much better, obviously, 10 years ago when both of them were at the peak of their powers. But they're very smart. And um, as you get older as a wrestler, you have to learn how to work in different ways. And I'm sure they can put together a compelling match for a fan base that's really going to go crazy for them either way. Correct. Agreed. So that'll be fun. And our final news story is uh, good news for Brian Danielson as he continues to gain influence in creative. Brian Danielson is said to be a voice backstage in terms of his uh, creative influence and working with Tony Khan and developing storylines. He's been described, according to Dave Meltzer, as a Wrestling Observer Newsletter, as somebody who's added a good input to any conversation regarding AEW booking. Listen, they're now calling him the greatest wrestler of all time on commentary. I think that's part of the Dave Bryan influence or Brian Danielson. And so he's a smart wrestling mind. He was doing this in creative with WWE toward the end of his run there. He is somebody who is obviously a wrestling genius, both in and out of the ring. So it's anything that could help Tony Khan. Anytime I hear news that Tony Khan is doing less behind the scenes in AEW, I'm happy. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Alfred. Nothing I personal. Think, he just does too much. I think that Brian has a great mind for professional wrestling. He's been proving time and time again. So I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Yeah, I 100% I agree with this decision. And I'm with you on that. A lot of times I, uh, I'm, I'm very curious about how 
the storylines are being created because it feels like a lot of like, oh, let's just put this match out there because it's a dream match. And every once in a while, it works, right? I think with Brian and Okada, it works. And the video package that they did uh, help, but not on a weekly basis. You cannot just be throwing matches out there and think people mm-hmm. are going to love it because it's a dream match. So I'm excited to see somebody kind of help out with this, with putting storylines behind the dream matches we all want to see. Yeah, and that is very important that they're doing these video packages. This is what was missing from last year's Forbidden Door, which just mm-hmm. relied on the yeah, hardcore wrestling know, fan. I, 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 I don't want to like give them a pass, but there were so many injuries going into last year's Forbidden Door. So many matches that were supposed to happen that didn't happen that I'm not gonna compare them. I'll give them a pass on that because I do think that they had to kind of like improvise when it came to that Forbidden Door. Well, I will compare them because there was a problem with the television leading up to Forbidden Door. The ratings were being poor. I mean, were very poor ratings. And yes, there's always going to be injuries in wrestling. And that was absolutely a factor. But the storytelling toward the match, I think, was the, the issue. And AEW does have this strong, loyal base, very similar to TNA, a very loyal base of people who are going to buy these pay-per-views. And marketing to this small demographic is going to work in terms of getting them excited about these types of matches. But they have to realize that they are on national television and they're is a big potential for a show like this if you're able to tell the right story. You can't just call it a dream match for the sake of calling it a dream match. Yeah, I see your point as well. A lot of the people that are watching this are not familiar with New Japan. We did see a a slight spike on the ratings for them, so it's like you need to start introducing some of these people and stop assuming that everybody watches New Japan and we know who they are. Yes, absolutely. And so this is good. This is a step in the right direction. That's all I want to see out of these Forbidden Door stories, because I know these stories. I know why they think it's a dream dream match, but you have to convey that to everybody else and not make it into a subreddit. Right, correct. Agreed. And uh, a friend of the show uh, right now, because I saw this, there's a commercial for this, and I was very excited. The Tornado, Anthony Y, is reminding us all that Raw is in Wichita, Kansas. So everybody be on the lookout for Anthony. I don't, be I don't understand behavior. why Anthony would expect Roman to be there when he's not a Raw superstar. Please, okay. Anthony, chill. Yeah, Roman is terrified of Anthony, so I don't expect Roman to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. Anyway. Well, let's head into SmackDown where Roman Oh, Reigns, my God. Again? I'm so excited. Oh, Maybe my God. He Roman... wasn't... He's been there, okay? You need to chill. Maybe Roman heard that Anthony was going to be at SmackDown because he was not on this show either. He will be no, back No, he week. wanted Jay to make his decision without his influence. I think uh, it makes perfect huh. sense. Well, we're going to get into this because uh, it opened with Paul Heyman at his yes. slimy best, manipulating Jay Uso. Slimy? Manipulating? Promising Jay Uso that he will be the new tribal chief. This really is Samoan succession. He's dangling that carrot in front of Jay Uso saying that he is going to be the new tribal chief whenever Roman Reigns is ready to, to so magnanimously bequeath that honor to Jay Uso. And he even promises Jay Uso a U.S. title match. What a guy, Isa. What an honest man with no history of lying to anybody. Paul Heyman promising a U.S. title match that he delivers on, and then he asks Jay to make a decision right then and there. Jay Uso comes in. He's not very happy with Solo for turning on his brother. Uh, stay tuned for that theme later. And Jay Uso accepts his U.S. title match against Austin Theory for the main event, and he said he'll get back to Paul Heyman later. Issa, what did we think about this opening segment? First of all, there was nothing slimy about what Paul Heyman said. You're talking about a Paul Heyman. <laughs> You're talking about a Paul Heyman in the past. Paul Heyman is the wise man now. He deals with the tribal chief. What Paul Heyman did here was show Jay Uso the opportunities that he could have handed to him if he decides to stay here in the island of relevancy and not getting that little ghetto ass jet ski that Jimmy has ready for them to like take off okay what Paul Heyman did here was show Jay Uso hey you haven't had it that bad since you've been part of the bloodline why would you walk away now wouldn't you want to be a single champion you've been with this like like Jimmy Uso has had Jay on a chokehold since there were little sperms. He wouldn't even let him go in the egg by himself. He had to get in there with him. So you know what? I am with Paul Heyman here. It is time for Jay to flourish on his own. Whenever you are in a situation where you have to trust Paul Heyman, I warn you to tread lightly. But I will say you make a very excellent defense attorney for the bloodline. Wade Barrett, I thought, was doing great work in terms of presenting their case. I think you and Wade Barrett get together. That might be as good as the OJ defense team. (laughs) 
<laughs> Man, you just got a Kanye West lyric in my head real quick when you said that. <laughs> If, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to but I, I, I thought this was an excellent opening segment to, in, in hindsight, seeing how the show ended up. They did a great job setting the stage for the main event. I know the big story going in was, is Jey Uso going to join the bloodline? And they did address that toward the end of the show. As we'll no, get no, into. no. Not join the bloodline. Fall in line. I would put it like that because I don't think Jay Uso wants to be known as somebody falling in line, but remain the bloodline and be groomed to be the new tribal chief, which is what they're falling uh, presenting line him. or drawn. Okay, you fall in line or you're going to draw when that jet ski gives up halfway out of the island of relevancy. I've got a quick question. It's very irrelevant because Jimmy Uso is the real tribal chief, but are <laughs> dangling this carrot. Do you think that Roman Reigns, should Jay Uso fall in line, will allow Jay Uso to become the new tribal chief? Whenever Roman is ready to retire, maybe five, ten years from now. But listen, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. You don't become that. Look at how long it took Roman. Roman's been here grinding since like 2014, trying to become what he is now. So you think Jay deserves it right away? No, 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 no. You work your way through the years. You, you know that that's what Roman did. So not right away. Maybe after 2028, when Roman breaks uh, Bruno's record, then maybe we can have this talk. Okay, well, we'll see about that. Another friend of Issa, Sami Zayn, appeared backstage. Oh, no, please. This. He's a stage five. He's officially a stage five clinger. You and I he's both just, know it. He's looking out for his boy. I will say he did reunite with Kevin Owens. So I do think it's a little weird that he keeps going back to his ex in Jay, even though his best friend is right then and there. Say it. Stage five clinger. I think he's a concerned friend and he cut a big, you talk about a prosecutor, you talk about the opposite case. And this is part of what I loved about the storytelling throughout the show is they did give you both sides of the story in terms of what the delusional Roman Reigns people think and what a baby face like Sami Zayn thinks. Excuse and he me? made great points for Jay Because Uso. the points that I heard Sami Zayn said that is that he had the best days of his life with the bloodline. <laughs> did he not say those words? He said that and he's right. He did. Okay. Great. And he, I did, how would you feel if you were Kevin Owens hearing that? I would be a little bit smitten. I'd be a little jealous. Okay, thank you. He said he had the best days of his life. And guess what? He decided to turn on Roman. And now he's no longer having the best days of his life. Instead of hanging out with his friends, Kevin Owens, he's out here chasing after Jey Uso. And what do you think is going to happen to Jey Uso after he leaves the bloodline too? The exact same thing. Therefore, Jey Uso, should you, Sammy, saying as an example. And poor Kevin Owens. We don't have to feel that sorry about Kevin Owens because he seems to be going through a mental breakdown. So I can see why <laughs> Sami Zayn might be leaving. Okay, but it's hilarious. Kevin it Owens is raw. Kevin Owens tonight. Oh, my God. It feels like the OKO. Like, every time Kevin Owens would just get a mic, you would laugh. You would enjoy it. We're getting that Kevin Owens back. It feels like Kevin Owens is having the time of his life right now, and I'm here for it. Temper tantrum Kevin Owens is always the best. He's great the against best. Elias doing this he he's great doing this and so uh but the, the point that Sami Zayn actually did make I mean that was a, a great presentation Issa but he made Sami a Zayn brought up an incredible point where he what said that just like just like Roman Reigns pitted me against my brother and Kevin Owens he's gonna do the same thing to you as he already oh has with so many Usos Sami Zayn is absolutely why would you right. say that Roman Reigns pinned him against Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens kept no, Kevin Owens kept coming back after Roman Reigns had beaten him. I think I lost count of how many times Roman Reigns beat Kevin Owens. And you know this, before he was the tribal chief, after becoming the tribal chief, there's three things guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, Roman Reigns beats Kevin Owens. Okay, so there is no <laughs> pinning anybody. Like, Roman doesn't need any help to beat Kevin Owens. This was all Sammy in his brain. This is the excuse that he's making mm -hmm. to justify his behavior. So at the Royal Rumble, maybe I didn't see this. I don't know. I, my memory might not be the best. At the Royal Rumble, when Roman Reigns handed it, I didn't watch any of this because we were being lit into the press conference room. Uh, I so see. I have no idea what you're talking about. And you don't have YouTube either. The, I, I haven't had time. I'm a busy woman out I see. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. from what I heard, there was an instance where Sami Zayn was presented a chair by the tribal chief to obliterate his own best friend. And, and when Sami Zayn declined like a human being, Roman Reigns pounced on Sami Zayn like because, the tribal chief. Here. Because he said Kevin Owens wasn't his best friend anymore. He said he was bloodline strong. He needed to prove it. And he didn't. You know what else? Uh, and Sammy now here he is begging to come back. But there's no there's no boat ride for you, Kevin Owens, into the <laughs> island of relevancy or Sami Zayn. Like they can stay over there. There is not there's no way for them into the island. 
they could take a canal. I think they'll be fine. Or a yacht. I think they should get a, get on a yacht for the uh, uh, There's a lot of shark attacks lately. I don't know if you've seen that in the news. They need to be very careful with whatever way they take to try to get into the island. They might yes. never get seen again. They might never get seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Stay safe on those waters, gentlemen. Uh, but I think this is great. I thought this opening segment was great. I thought Sammy was great. Everybody who had anything to do with the bloodline tonight all played their part perfectly and set the stage for Jay Uso making the right choice in joining the real tribal chief in Jimmy. Uh, he took the United States title match, didn't he? He did. We'll get into it. You think he thought about Jimmy when he accepted that? He didn't think about Jimmy. I think he did. I think he wants he the new not. bloodline to be strong. He, 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 listen, if you're gonna bring, if you're gonna go to the new tribal chief, first of all, no, you've got to bring they, If they're gonna split on their own, they can call it the bloodline. Call it something else. They can go back to the face paint or whatever. The best line. They could do a lot better than the bloodline. They, the all best line. Of- <laughs> That's actually good. <laughs> we get into Escobar versus Mustafa Ali, which was the best match on the show by leaps and bounds. Excellent high flying oh match. God. My goodness. I love this match so much. They went about, I mean, they went through a commercial break. It was about eight minutes, maybe 10 minutes, but this, they got so much out of this match and there was so much action. LA Knight was on commentary and I thought was doing an incredible job for my guy, LA Knight, who just has to win the money in the bank. I will be so furious if he doesn't. There's a lot of high flying. Santos Escobar wins this match, which was mostly back with a phantom driver from the top rope. So Santos Escobar advancing to money in the bank and what should be a good men's money in the bank. Oh my God, LWO for life. You already know how I feel about this. But as soon as they announced the match, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be a banger just because you're getting Mustafa Ali and Santos Escobar. And it's been, it feels like it's been a little while since we've seen Santos get to show off, you know? So I was mm-hmm. happy to see him here. I was also a big fan of seeing Rey Mysterio come out with him. And later on, we saw AJ Styles come out with Mia Yim. I feel like it elevates some of these people and they need that right now. Um, there was a sequence in this match that was crazy when Santos kind of jumped off the, the post and Ali like super kicked him. The timing on that. It's insane that they pulled yeah. that off. But I'm very happy to see Santos move on. And I got to tell you, this both of them, not just the men, the women, when you look at the field, this might be some of the best uh, matches that we've seen. And the best part of it is there's a lot of people that deserve to win the briefcase. It doesn't feel like there's an obvious winner. Yes, we know. LA Knight super high right now, and I would love to see him win. But there's a lot of other people in this match that if they had the briefcase, I wouldn't be mad at it. And when I'm looking at the women's match, I feel the same way too. So I'm super hyped for Money in the Bank. Yeah, there's also a lot of strong characters who are over, who people would be very excited about winning the Money in the Bank. And we've seen a lot of years where the favorite in Money in the Bank does not win it. So I think that on top of the fact that, like you said, there are so many people who could win it is going to make for some exciting matches. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. And they did announce tonight that we're going to get on Monday Night Raw Matt Riddle against Damian Priest. That's going to be another banger. And either one of those guys could go in there. Either one of those guys could bring the win the briefcase. I'm excited. Poor Priest. I know it looks like they're definitely going to do something with him. But ever since that match with Bad Bunny, which I think he proved that he could be like a main event guy, he's really just Uh, been put in position to lose one match after another. He killed that on Monday, though. Yeah, he did. He's been killing it. I have my beef is not with his work. That's what I'm saying. Is he's doing great work. I just think they're gonna turn him babyface and they're gonna split up the judgment date. Then they're probably right. I hope that's not what they do, and I hope that he does go over Matt Riddle because they have been teasing kind of Riddle and Gunther anyways. So I don't feel like Riddle needs to be here. Where I do feel like Judgment Day has been such a strong faction that we do need to see some Judgment Day representation in the Money in the Bank match. So I hope that Priest moves on here on Monday. Yeah, and Antoine Ferry, you're going to like this. A uh, friend of the show, Antoine Ferry, said Paul wasn't slimy, which words who have never been spoken. Him and the chief even was going to clear Jay a passport. That's right. Later on the show, uh, Paul Heyman wanted to clear Jay Uso's passport from all DWIs to go to London for MITV. Okay, I, I don't know about that part, but... Uh... <laughs> I agree with the first sentence. He wasn't slimy. He was showing Jay Uso the opportunities that he could get if he just knows what to do. Yes, so... Paul Heyman, once again, manipulating. Listen, like only he can. This is why he's a wise man. This is why Roman Reigns brought him in. He needs somebody to do his dirty work and to lie to these people to keep them at bay. It's just not going to work as well. And it didn't work on Jay because Jay said in his words, and I quote, if I join the bloodline and I'm in, you're out. I know. I was shook by that. Jay's on to him. I love it. Love the intricate storytelling here. Uh, speaking of storytelling, we're telling a story with these NXT tag titles, women's tag titles. Alba Fire, Isla Dawn, 
came out before they could speak a word. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler came out. Shayna Baszler had such a great line where she called these tag titles the Shayna Baszler Memorial Tag Titles. And if you watch NXT and you know why they made those titles, because nobody could beat Shayna, that was a hilarious yep. line. <laughs> Popped. Huge pop for that. Oh, so good. I have been such a fan of, and I know this is such a short reign, but we saw them go against Kaden and Katana on Monday. And while they did get the win, I thought Kaden and Katana looked very good here. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about what Ronda and Chayna want to do with the tag team divisions. It feels like it matters. When that music hits, I'm sorry, maybe I'm biased here, but Ronda Rousey and Chayna Baszler add some legitimacy that we haven't seen before, and it feels like competition. So I was very excited to see this, and we have been begging for these titles to be unified for so long now that I got to give them a shout out for making the right decision here and moving forward with unified titles. Let's go back to where the tag team champions can go across all the brands and defend them anywhere and i'm excited for this match it's gonna slap and again they gave um isla dawn and and alba fire a lot of offense here like Shayna baszler and ronda did not get away with just attacking them and ronda looked great tonight yeah she did and i thought this was a good segment i think it's good that they're getting Shayna and ronda to be more dominant champions i think there's a huge opportunity in making them both killers and then splitting them up for a huge one-on-one feud and i think that they've kind of taken their time and been kind of lackadaisical with this tag team but now they're starting to heat it up this is good my one criticism would be that it just kind of feels like they only brought up isla dawn and um alba fire to come in there and unify the titles and unify all that much yeah since being on smackdown yeah, I agree, but I, I'm excited for this. I think these belts needed to be unified for a long time, yes. and, and we're going to get that. And hopefully we'll get it up money in the bank. And uh, CJ Hennessy with his money CJ. in Friend of the show, CJ Hennessy for $4.99 says it has to be LA night. I agree. He's the only one who can make the briefcase a big deal again after Theory flopped last year. Let me tell you about that. I do not agree at all with WWE's decision to make this a briefcase you can cash in on a secondary title. I think that alone... No. By itself, it's going to devalue money in the bank. I will say this. I would have no problem if LA Knight cashed in on Guther after Guther breaks Hockey Talk Man's record. Because to me, based on how well they booked Guther, based on how well they booked that title, that is on the level of a world title win, beating a guy who's undefeated as a record-breaking world champ, uh, intercontinental champion. I think that'd be great. I'm with you. I love the idea of LA Knight winning it. Um, I just want the cashing to matter. So like you said, I, I don't like it that they had theory cashing on the United States championship and fail. It just felt like a joke, but I think cashing in on Gunther is not a bad idea if you successfully do it, but it has to, it has to matter and it has to go to a champion that matter. And I feel like we're going to build a good reign with Rollins, uh, Roman. He's nobody's cashing in on Roman. Um, but yeah, I think it needs, it needs to matter. So whoever wins it, just make the cashing matter and, and pull the trigger and let them win when they do do the cashing. Um, I like LA Knight, but I also like Shinsuke. I also, I, I like Santos Escobar. Like I said, there's a lot of people here that, while I will say LA Knight is a favorite right now, there's other people that if they win, I'm not going to be mad. Sure. But uh, it's got to be LA Knight. I'll be a little mad if LA Knight doesn't win. I will riot if LA Knight does not win. How about that? You're going to riot? And I'll do it. It's not an empty promise. You take this as a criminal threat. Prepare the prison guards. I will riot. And I'm not going to really riot. But maybe I will. Oh, my God. If you get to, like, bunk with uh, Tony D, will you tell him I say hi? Oh, yes. It's happy birthday, Tony D. How did we forget? Why did we not leave with that? Happy birthday to the GOAT. He did, or his consigliaries tweeted on his behalf, a happy birthday. We're pulling for you to get out there. I know you're going to make it. Free the dawn. I feel like I'm going to have to take care of this on my own. Like, nobody, like, Stax is so so suspicious right now. The fact that he just showed up for a visit and didn't try to get him out, suspicious. Really fumbling the bag there, Stax. We're on to Mm -hmm. you. Yep. We get Mishin versus Bailey, which followed, I think, what was a template for the rest of these matches because that Escobar versus Ali match was great, but then the rest of the matches were like this. The babyface would dominate the match. It was very quick. The heel would pull something toward the end and win, and that's what this was where Bailey pulled Mishin's hair and face into the turnbuckle, hits the rose plant for the win. After the match, AJ Styles was on commentary, and Scarlett <laughs> came out and blew red smoke in his face, and he backed into it a was, cross It was that New York City air right into AJ Styles' <laughs> <laughs> red dawn yeah she went to new york captured it and then blew it into aj styles face <laughs> i'm happy i'm happy to see bailey advance here 
Yeah, and this is another story they're going to be telling. We're going to get into what happened with EO later on in the night, but this is another storyline that's going to unfold throughout this Money in the Bank match that we're going to get but they're into. Gonna, but... They're making a mixed tag match out of this. We don't see Scarlett wrestle a lot, yeah. so I'm excited to see Mia Yim and AJ Styles. It, it made sense for AJ to come out with her. Like I like the way there was a lot of things tonight that kind of made sense that I like the way that they built it. Yeah, it's good to see them follow up on Karrion Cross because last time we saw him, he just took uh, really an ordinary loss to AJ Styles like it was nothing. But it's good to see him follow up and develop into a feud because my latest pro wrestling bits discusses all the guys who Triple H has kind of dropped the ball on in terms of his rehires. None of these rehires are really connected. And I know he's a fan of Karrion Cross, but you got to commit if you want this guy to get over. And I think he should, somewhere along the line, get a victory over AJ Styles for that to happen. We'll see. We will see. Having a tough time connecting so far, but I think this could get him on the right track. Like actual feud against AJ Styles. We'll see how that goes. An actual real feud. Yeah. More red smoke. Yeah. We get, uh, speaking of people blowing things into people's faces, Asuka came out. Oh my God. I love to get this her new. I love tonight's SmackDown. I really yeah. did. It felt like boom, boom, boom. Everything mattered on tonight's show. And everything matters because well, this is another Well, before we story. went into this segment, we saw Bianca Belair looking beautiful I was gonna get into that. always. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Give uh, Bianca her flowers. I I'm here for it. Yeah, looking beautiful as always. And Bianca, I like the little attitude that she's been showing lately. I don't know if people mm -hmm. have been catching it, but it's giving me NXT Bianca vibes and I'm here for it. And she told Adam Pierce he, he promised her a, re a rematch and she said, okay, if you give me a rematch, I'll let Asuka have her little moment out there. So Bianca promised not to interrupt because she was promised a rematch from Adam Pierce. But, you know, things don't always go as planning wrestling, do they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I absolutely love it. I The second I saw her get booed like that in Puerto Rico, I thought that she should turn heel. It's time. It's not an overreaction. I know it might have been a different reaction in a different city, in a different territory, but when you think of this Bianca Belair character from a macro sense, I think she's been excellent in the ring. She's been everything they want her to be and more. The one thing I would say they have not advanced and developed this character and given her an actual uh, a layer, and I think <sighs> we're starting to see that now, and I think that's why she should turn heel. So I I love this conversation because I don't think that Bianca should turn heel just because of what she represents. And there's a lot of little girls that love Bianca. And I just feel like she, like, I am a big fan of representation. I think Bianca brings that to a lot of people. But I am with you in the fact that I felt like her character wasn't evolving. It was the same Bianca. Nobody's going to beat her. That's why Asuka beating her felt so shocking to me because I went into this match thinking, I even said, I said out loud, I was like, okay, if, if Bianca's going to win, we might as well not sacrifice anybody new, given somebody that she's already beaten. So I was very shocked when Asuka won here. So my point is, what if we make her a baby face with an attitude chasing? Because I feel like that could add a layer to it. But at the same time, I see her with the attitude and I'm like, oh, man, I love this so much. So I'm very 50-50 where a week or two ago, I was very 90% don't turn her heel. Now I'm like, man, I kind of would like to see this because you don't have to turn her into a jerk heel. You can still turn her into a heel that people like. Times have changed. You can like the heels now. You know what I mean? So I think that Bianca could still do what she does uh, while playing a heel character. But I also do think that Bianca chasing could add that layer that they were looking for. It excellent could. And uh, why not do both? And you say how times have changed, but I think the template for this is 1997 Bret Hart. I hear all these people, the number one excuse I hear is, oh, no, you can't turn Bianca because she is going to uh, corrupt these women, all these little girls that look up to her. Are not. It's not like you have to break the law to turn heel. Bret Hart in 1997, and I'm a huge Bret Hart fan, he, week after week, was getting screwed, and nobody was doing anything about it. And he said, well, then screw you guys. I'm getting screwed, so I'm going to turn heel. And yes, he was a heel, but he was beloved in Canada by his right. own people. They knew that he was wrong, and he didn't do anything underhanded really all that much as a heel character. He just kept complaining about it, and the people in Canada connected with him. So similar to that, Bianca Belair can say, listen, I got cheated on my title. You promised me a, a championship opportunity. You let this little white girl cut in front of me in line. And then she can start getting angry about getting screwed. And people can uh, connect with that. And I would absolutely connect with her. And these little girls that looked up to her can still say, yeah, I can stand up for myself too. I can take matters into my own hands too. So by being a heel, she could still appeal to a large mass of the people who already follow her, just like Bret Hart in 1997, where he drew crazy numbers in Canada as a heel.
I think if done properly, you can still turn her heel and she won't lose that factor and that fan base and all that. I just, I really, really love Bianca, but I 1000% agree that something needs to be done and some new layers need to be added to this character. And like I said, seeing the little attitude, seeing the little sass coming out of her just reminded me of NXT Bianca, which most of us, that's who we fell in love with. Oh, yeah. So I'm here for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. And they have the new title belt presentation, as Alfred Kunwa reported earlier on uh, this week. There is a new title belt for Asuka, and there will be many more to come. I'm so Asuka, happy about this. Like, love this, it. This, this whole, like, women's championship mess every time there is a draft. I can't believe it took them this long to figure it out, but I'm very happy about this. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's a great uh, to see. It's going to be the WWE Women's Championship, looks like. Looks like that Rhea Ripley is going to get the WWE uh, World Women's Championship, which streets tell me is going to look a lot like the Men's World Championship, right. but with a similar white strap like this title that Asuka has. Love this belt. A lot better than that butterscotch belt that Roman Reigns had. So I absolutely like this belt. And uh, before Asuka can say anything, guess who is back? It's Charlotte Flair herself, which the we alluded queen. to while we were talking about Bianca Belair. She comes in. Let me tell you something about this Charlotte Flair. Usually, I hear nothing but complaints when Charlotte Flair cuts to the line and says, I am the opportunity. It's my turn to get this title shot. These people in Des Moines, Iowa, loved Charlotte Flair. They wanted her to cut the line. They Man. wanted her to challenge. And I'm here for it in terms of Charlotte Flair versus Oscar. It should be a great match. Man, Alfred, just at me. Just at me because I <laughs> loved everything about this. I'm not even going to lie. Like, there's something. We talk about it a lot. And I know that we probably go on and on about having that it. Charlotte oozes it. That music hit and she just comes out and it's just that star quality. And she can go in the ring. Charlotte is, is the GOAT as of right now. She she is the measuring stick based on the things that she's been able to accomplish in WWE. When she came out and she said that line, where, first of all, her facial expression when Adam Pierce there said, uh, you have to get in line. Like the way that she <laughs> like her face was everything there and that's like roman reigns does that right when you're just on 24 7 you know how to react and you know how to make the faces i love the face that she made because i was like this is charlotte flair you're talking to bro like you know i do wish that would have given us a moment to kind of like soak in the belt i don't know if you caught it but the crowd was booing the belt i like the belt mm. i thought the belt was beautiful but the yeah. crowd did boo the belt there for a second charlotte comes out she is disgusted by the thought of having to wait in line she says i am the line and i i love that if you're gonna call yourself the queen i mean they were trying to do a weird baby face thing with charlotte it doesn't work that's not who charlotte is this is who charlotte is super kicking ass out there with freaking high heels on i love that and i'm intrigued because bianca is involved in this what are we gonna do and if you guys have ever caught up, I've interviewed Bianca quite a handful of times, and every single time I ask her, there's one horse woman you haven't beaten yet, and that is Charlotte Flair. And if this gets us to that, take all of my money. Yeah, and if Charlotte Flair is the babyface she was here, and there's no reason to believe she won't be because... You know, this is not like a hardcore crowd. This is just another show in Des Moines, Iowa. WWE is hot. I mean, they're setting records in 57 cities and all these great numbers in terms of the fan base growing. And they're with Charlotte Flair. So if they're going to pick that Charlotte Flair is this babyface, Bianca Belair could be a great foil for that. And they can make magic in terms of Flair versus Belair. I don't think Charlotte Bianca works as a face. Ooh. I don't think Charlotte works as a face. I don't either. But if you do this with Bianca the right way, then maybe. Exactly. But I can see people cheering Bianca over Charlotte. Charlotte is just not it. Like, learn, get on creative, like, sit down, brainstorm, and learn how to book and heal on heal uh, freaking um, field here. Because there's so much to prove. We talked about it. Bianca said she wanted to be a horsewoman. She had one to go. And you have Charlotte and the history and being the GOAT. That right there is a money field. You don't even need the title. Keep the title on Asuka. No, Let her face other people. But Listen, we'll see where it goes, but overall, I, I just I just don't think that Charlotte is a baby face. I mean, that is a working title. I think she's a better heel than a baby face. It's not mm -hmm. like I think she's incapable of doing that. And I would have agreed with right. you wholeheartedly two hours ago, but I was very kind of taken aback by the overwhelming baby face reaction she received. And we're going to have to see if every city, which I think they will. I think Des Moines is a good litmus test. But do you think the problem like was face or heel? Because she came off kind of heelish to me. 
She did. She did come out as heelish in terms of the character wanting and being entitled to this. She's out there with us, who's also a heel. Right. A lot of times, if you ever go back and I think I saw it, I I fell down on the Charlotte Flair TikTok rabbit hole. And there was so many videos where it's like Charlotte Flair forgot she's a baby face, (laughs) like doing so many things that it's just like she doesn't act like a face. But um, Charlotte could be a face and just act the way that she acts because she knows she's the GOAT. And that that could also be a part of her gimmick. And Charlotte is at a level now where she is a legend, her legacy is established, and people see her as a big star. And I think it's only going to help in terms of being perceived like that to this fan base. I, I, right. We'll see if they continue to keep cheering her. The problem with Charlotte when people start turning on her is when it feels like it's forced. And I guess people feel like she just wins too much and wins too many titles. If they don't make this about the title, I think there's more of a chance that Charlotte They made it about the title. People, I was doing a watch along, and people in my chat were like, watch her win it right now. And I'm like, God, they've they right, done right. that before. <laughs> see, they do I that, mean... she turns yeah. But if she we have, Oscar, we have yeah. PTSD real quick because we were like, I did like, uh, she did come out as a face when she first gave Asuka her respect. She said, nobody respects you more than me. I loved everything about this and the involvement yeah. of Bianca. I'm intrigued. Again, great episode of SmackDown. You felt like every segment mattered. Every match mattered. We had a surprise return. We had matches that had uh, meaning to them. The people weren't just wrestle to wrestle. No not throwing shade there, but uh, I, I thought this was very well done and great belt. I'm glad we're figuring this out. Yeah. I, are you, are you concerned a little bit with the fact that Asuka got the belt first? Because we, uh, because Rhea has been champion a lot longer than Asuka. So shouldn't it have been Rhea who got her title belt first? They could have done that. I expect them to do that maybe Monday, maybe sometime soon down the line. I mean, yeah, she's had it for longer, but I expect, Rhea to get her belt as well. No, I don't think watch, about... watch Adam Pierce just like show up a row and give Rhea this old ass title. Be like, here's her raw title. <laughs> She'll get the Divas belt. That's what's going to happen. No, stop. <laughs> so you want to talk Imagine about. Imagine God, God's Rhea come out with the butterfly belt. What? <laughs> <laughs> she will still make it work though that's what Rhea oh, she really does yeah let me tell you something right if they give Rhea that divas title number one selling belt on WWE shop the Rhea Ripley oh, yeah. hive is real oh 1000% I'm, I'm part of it <laughs> she deserves it yeah absolutely we all should be um you want to talk about facial expressions uh Issa you talk about the facial expression that Charlotte gave Adam after this segment, when Bianca Belair found out she got cut in line, that facial expression she gave Adam Pierce, if you've got a black mama, if you've got a black sister, you break a window. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was mad at Adam Pierce. <laughs> I love it. I'm telling you, man, they're 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 planting the seeds. And these are the best types of heel turns. Uh, Bret Hart 97, Jericho in 08, when you have a legitimate gripe that you feel you're being ignored, and then finally you snap, the best heels come out of that. And she said, when I get my lick back, it's justified. So mm-hmm. she's already telling you, I'm going to get revenge for this. And there's nothing anybody can say to me about it. And I, I loved it. I loved it. Great, uh, great way to use Bianca tonight. Even though she didn't do much, she was all backstage segments. I thought it was efficient. Oh, no. Yeah, she's, she, I, I think she's going to come up huge. Like you, the world is not ready for heel Bianca if it happens. And I've got my fingers Oof. crossed. The world is ready for heel Baron Corbin, the poor guy. <laughs> beat up by every baby face this side of the blue brand. He faced Butch. Again, yeah. another match where Baron Corbin dominated most of the match, and then Butch came back late in the match with the roll-up. He wins. Melo and Trick jump the barricade and attack Corbin. We get loud NXT chants from Melo. Yes! That was great to see. Love that. I love this because we've seen a lot of main roster people showing up on NXT, so why can't NXT show up on the roster storylines. Mm-hmm. I did have a power outage, but you damn right know that I watched Rum Breaker call out Seth Rollins and now you see Trick Williams. Hey, Trick, respectfully. You see uh, Carmelo Hayes. I, <laughs> I love all the I love all the involvement of NXT on the main roster. This was great and we are continuing on the storyline. I, I, again, this was, it was a fun show. And maybe I just had, maybe I just had withdrawals because I couldn't watch wrestling for so many days thanks to the power outages in Puerto Rico. But SmackDown today slapped, and this was great. I love NXT becoming involved. Uh, I think Butch, Butch, moving on, is the right thing to do. Money in the Bank being in the UK, uh, I just feel like, hear me out. I feel like he has the least chance of winning. <laughs> yeah, of course. Out of the people that are like qualified to go into the match, him and Ricochet are in the bottom of the list for me. It's like LA Knight up here, right? Then Shinsuke over here. 
automatically assuming Priest. Priest and Shinsuke right here, and then everybody else. Yeah, but Ricochet might have the best spot of that match, which oh, 1,000%. Him, I guarantee you, him and Butch are going to do something crazy. I already know yeah. it. It's going to be, they're there to make the match more excellent. And who knows? There have been surprises in the past of Money in the Bank winners. Can't rule anything out. But I thought it was very encouraging to see these chants for NXT. I thought this was a good for Trick and Mellow. And it doesn't hurt that Nick Khan's after that NXT money to try to level up for that contract deal. So now you're seeing those main roster stars and you're seeing now NXT on the main roster brand. And they're bringing the right people because no offense, but Trick and Mellow are just so cool looking that if you have two, remember, SmackDown is the highest watch show across all of them right and everybody's watching smackdown so if you're gonna present somebody from nxt that's who you want to present because they're cool they will make me want to go like maybe i should check out nxt you know it's so funny all the things that they should have done to win the wednesday night war they refuse to do it but when it comes to that bag when it comes to we got to renew our contract they're like oh no no no, we gotta level up nxt we gotta get the main roster guys on nxt we gotta promote nxt on our tv and so money is more important to wwe than aew it's becoming money is more obvious. important to everybody and if you're oh, not yeah. about that bag i don't know what you're doing with your life yeah gotta secure that bag you get that bag nick Khan. always MVP. always get the bag not just nick Khan. everybody watching in the chat oh, sure, yes. get the bag right. it's all about the money that is an inspirational message to get the bag and uh I'd we only like, shout like out. we only like green faces Kev, kelvin r alexander alpha rocking that fly smoking jacket you have to have a bag to have a jacket like this so thank you yeah. kelvin Allen john keep securing so. that bag alfred <laughs> We go to Shotzi versus EO, another qualifying match. Shotzi comes out, okay, dominates early towards the end of the match. My goodness. Bailey tripped up Shotzi and she took the scariest bump on the top. Shotzi's my girl. I love Shotzi. She's one of my favorite women's wrestlers, but she's had some body control issues in terms of like these scary spots and landings. And this was another one where she smacked her head on this turnbuckle. I hope she's okay. I hope everything's fine. But EO won with the moonsault and we set up. EO and Bailey and Money in the Bank, which is going to set the stage yes. for a damage control breakup. It's going to be fun to watch because you know they're going to work together for a little. You already know how this is going to go in uh, Money in the Bank. But yeah, this was predictable. So I thought being short, simple, and to the point, I did feel bad. That bump looked terrifying for Chassie. Yeah, and like you said, gasped. I hope she's okay. But it was very, very predictable. And again, I know I keep talking about this, but we have what? EO Sky, Bailey. Becky Lynch, mm -hmm. we have Zoe Starks, and who am I missing here? Selena Vega. Selena like Vega, this, yeah. any of these women could win this briefcase, and I will be okay with it. So I'm so excited for these matches. Yeah, it's going to be excellent. I'm very much looking forward. And this women's match is more wide open, where I don't think there's going to be a dominant, overwhelming favorite. Right. Becky and Zoe are going to cancel each other out. Bailey and EO are going to cancel each other out. But I would and not have a problem with EO winning and making Becky or Bailey even more jealous. Yeah, and you can make people out of this money in the bank. So I'll never forget that Becky Lynch has talked about it openly. The main character started at that money in the bank that she didn't win. But every time she would climb that ladder, the crowd would go crazy. And that's when mm -hmm. they started realizing, man, they love them. So Becky Lynch, you really could create some characters here. Um, I'm, I'm just hype. I'm so hype. I feel like this one doesn't feel predictable. I feel like there is a favorite going into the men's ladder match fan base wise but i feel like the women's field is absolutely insane in any of them i mean you have bailey she could win it she already won it you have becky another question is the women are very smart right we know how things go in wwe in wrestling things change so these women are so smart except for carmela she kept hers but everybody else are like nah i'm doing this right now, are we going to get a cash-in the same night, the next night? I am so excited. I love, no offense, but I love that the women win it and they take care of business because... They do. They, like, what has it done for the guys that hold on to the briefcase? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so why not? Let's just get it over with right now. I've been waiting for this opportunity for this long. Let's do it. So I'm excited. Like, there's a different kind of hype that goes into the women's. Nobody in the women's yet has unsuccessfully cashed in. Yeah, women get stuff done. You're absolutely right. A lot of the guys right. will have performance anxiety where they have to wait months and months and months before they finally cash in. But I think the first cash in or one of the first ever on the same night was, I think, Alexa Bliss when she cashed in. Yeah. Uh, although Kane did do it earlier. But we see this with women where they get that briefcase and right then and there. Bailey cashed in. And in. Win. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of them. Like, look at Liv Morgan last year's moment. So I'm excited to see what happened. And who doesn't want to see EO cash in on Asuka? 
That's the thing. In the, the Buckaboo, I will say in the Triple H era, he's been an excellent booker. But in order to continue to build his resume, you got to start making people. A lot of the people who are over right now, everybody who's over right now, was already over under Vince. He needs to take people who weren't over under Vince and elevate them. You could do that with LA Knight and EO in one night. Do you think, question, right? Let's just like fantasy book here. Let's say Becky wins it, right? Because Becky's a big name. She's not doing, I mean, I, I, I haven't been into the Trish and Becky feud, but that's just me. It hasn't clicked with me. Do you think Becky, being who she is, announces the cash-in and maybe we finally get Becky and Rhea at SummerSlam? Ooh. Because remember when they had that stare down, the internet went crazy just over them staring at each other. Yeah. I think that would be in Becky's wheelhouse. That's kind of a badass yeah. thing to do, especially with the Rhea Ripley. You I just don't, don't see want... Becky like doing the sneak no. cash-in. She was Anybody to win. If she was in. to win. That's a heel move. If you cash in on mommy, I know Rhea Ripley. It, I put Rhea Ripley in the opposite box of Bianca Belair. Where it's like, eventually you guys, either you're going to turn her face or the crowd is going to turn her face, which they already have. Like oh. she's a baby face. And so if you cash in, you end this historic undefeated run with a money of the bank cash in and you take the title off mommy like that, that person's going to be made into a heel. Especially, Becky Lynch found out the hard way when she did that to Bianca. So she does that to Rhea Ripley. She better get ready for those big puffy jackets again because we're going to be a heel girl. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I just love the fact that the field just feels so competitive and there's no clear winning and any of them could win and it would be incredible. Yeah, it's going to be great. Money in the Bank season, everybody. Backstage, this is a segment that we alluded to earlier with uh, Paul Heyman telling uh, Jay Uso, you know, about a suit measurements. And Jay Uso did say, if I'm in the bloodline, it means you out the bloodline. So, yeah, but he needs to. Uh, ask for permission to Roman Reigns about that. We'll see how that goes, Jay, okay? Very much will. Uh, backstage, all the tag teams want a title match on SmackDown. We get the Brawling Brutes, Pretty Deadly, LWO, Street Profits, the OC, all I want a title it. shot. Kevin Owens has an all-out meltdown in the middle of this locker room, which is hilarious. And uh, we're going to get a gauntlet match next week. This is interesting. Uh, I love that Pretty Deadly's in the mix, but I think it's a little early. I don't want to see them losing. I want them to be yeah. the guys to throw in Kevin and Sammy, but we'll see. So I and we'll get into the main event later, but I feel like with I'm with you on that. Pretty deadly should have not been involved in this because we saw them become involved later and it got confusing. Um let them hang out with Austin Theory for now, you know. But the one thing that I said was once the tag titles get out of the bloodline and out of the Usos, we need to rebuild this tag team division. And I feel like this gauntlet match could really make some teams, could really make some people look good mm-hmm. here. Uh, WWE is notorious for like, they make stars out of this gauntlet matches or somebody always had that crazy, incredible performance. It started with Seth Rollins when he wrestled over an hour on Monday Night Raw and we have seen it go on from there. So I'm super hyped for this. I'm excited for the tag team division to matter again because for a while, as much as I loved it and I loved the Usos dominant role, but it felt like nobody was going to beat the Usos. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really want Pretty Deadly to come up. I think they're doing everything perfect with them. They've been a yeah, great call-up. This is another candidate to come up in the Triple H era, hopefully. And I think their new theme music, I love their old theme music, but the new theme music is something I think fans are going to be singing along, maybe even Me as too. soon as Money in the Bank. Me too. I want to learn the words. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin Arn, he's not wrong about this. Creative has failed the last few Money in the Bank winners, including Austin Theory last year. I There's a couple of like, successful cashings like for example biggies is the last big one that i mm. remember we have brock and he successfully cashed in that didn't feel like a big deal brock lesnar doesn't need a briefcase to win a title brock can just go in there and squash anybody in 60 seconds and win that's what he does right i feel like biggie and dean ambrose are the last two big ones after like we had the baron corbin cash. that was a mess remember that yeah yeah 100%. baron corbin was John horrible yeah. and we had the um what well, was Austin Theory? Like the the Otis, and they give it to the Miss, and the Miss successfully oh, cashed in for what, a week. He was a champion for a week, so yeah, we need to have uh, a cashing that matters and and build that up because I feel my level of excitement up here for the women's, and it's still over here for the men's, and it's not the men's fault. There's a lot of really good competitors going into this match. It's what they done. It's what history tells us that briefcase doesn't matter for the guys. Yes, absolutely. It's very important that they protect that briefcase, which they have, more or less. Most people who win that briefcase become Just world champions. Steve Mackling lost? Yes, and we're talking what? about world champions. A huge impact update. Compliments to Sheldon Jackson for 499 as Issa protects her screen and is not happy with this, but 
Congratulations goes out to Alex Shelley. He's the new Impact World Champion. He has defeated Steve Macklin. Your thoughts, Issa? Uh, you know, my I have a soft spot for Steve Macklin. I love him. I think he has the look. He's so well-spoken. And I have two nephews in the Marines. So he's going to get me all the time. I mean, awesome for Alex Shelley. Yo, don't sleep on Impact. Don't sleep on Impact. They've been doing some incredible stuff over there. But it's getting great. BS. Yeah. Steve Macklin is doing a good job out there. I will be rioting after this podcast. He's a good world champion. He really carried himself. I think a lot of people were skeptical and thought, wow, you're putting the title on this guy. He just got here. And, you know, but he did a <laughs> great job rubbing himself up. I'm it sorry, somebody bad. mentioned the Braun Strowman Yeah, that's what I was about to post it up here. Ricky Lewis said the Braun Strowman cash was horrible. We talked about horrible cashins. Yeah, he got he cashed in. He tried to cash in on a happened. match between Roman and Brock. First of all, yeah. how stupid. Like, imagine you're sitting backstage, Alfred. You have this, this briefcase that you can cash in at any time. And there's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is the right time. No, it's not, bro. It is not the right time. <laughs> How just, stupid do you have to be? And they Almost as it. stupid as Cody Rhodes wanting another match with Brock. Hey, hey, no. Anyway. Well, he's going to destroy Brock Lesnar. You leave Cody Rhodes out of this. We're not going to you know, you know, we cannot make it through a whole hour without throwing a little shade back and forth. So. Shout out to Cody Rhodes. Let's go, Cody! But yes, he will likely face Brock Lesnar. Hopefully we get hoodie Cody Rhodes. I don't know. Uh, but we got Jey Uso versus Austin Theory. No, wait, and- first. Before that, before that, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we did see a video package for Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller is getting Charlotte Flair next week on the Waller effect. And I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about all the Waller effects and no Waller feud or no Waller match in the main roster? How do you think that's going? Yeah, I can tell that WWE is excited about him and they're going to do something with him, but I wouldn't do it like this. I don't like the fact that he's immediately coming in there as a talk show host. The roast that they have in their own company for Grayson Waller is, oh, you're less famous, Miz, which is what everybody says uh, about these type of heel characters. So the last thing you want to do is bring him out with a show like the Miz has because main roster people who have not seen him and how good he is doing other things are just going to be like, oh, so he's just trying to be like Miz. Because they're putting him in this Grayson Waller effects that I thought they were going to put him in a, in a feud with AJ Styles there for a second because mm-hmm. he had AJ mm-hmm. Styles. And, and I thought I thought he killed it last week with the women, right? So seeing him with Charlotte next week, you know shit's going to go down. Bianca's going to come out. It's going to be a mess. But I am ready to see Grayson Waller have his very first real feud. We're going into money in the bank. Doesn't seem like Austin Theory has anybody to face. Why are we not setting this up? Like, it makes no sense to me right now. And I just, I love Grayson Waller. I, I think that Waller effects on the main roster have been great, even though we're not doing the live Instagrams like we used to. Um, mm-hmm. But I think at some point you gotta, you gotta make him into a feud and let people see what he can really do. Yeah, the problem with the Waller effect on the main roster, on NXT, the Waller effect was about Grayson Waller. He had, right. that was the gimmick, is that this was a show that he had guests and stuff, but it was about him. He had his camera yeah, on Yeah, his guests were his feuds. Yes, and it was all about, like, the show was about showcasing him. He had the camera on himself. You could see him jumping his comments on IG Live, whereas this Grayson Waller effect is, like, compliment to the people who are on the show. Do you think that maybe because Money in the Bank just along with the briefcase matches is kind of like built, maybe they're going to wait on him and give him a, maybe yeah. a good SummerSlam feud? I hope so, because Grayson Waller is too talented to just be hosting a talk show. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to give him something. And I agree with you. I think he called you a substitute t-shirt, which I'm a big fan of he that did. moment. He, he, he did say that. It did give me a lot of views on Instagram. He didn't tell me I, that when I, when, I, <laughs> when I interview him. He didn't say that to me, Alfred. He likes my wrong. outfit. He liked nothing wrong with substance. I think he was threatened by me is what happened. And there's nothing wrong with being a substitute teacher. Very educated. A lot of children's lives are saved by substitute teachers. I took that, quite frankly, as a compliment. So He liked my outfit. He liked my outfit. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing the same clothes he was wearing from last night. I'll just say that. Not to spill any tea. But uh, Grayson Waller was wild that weekend. <laughs> We get Jay Uso, speaking of Wild versus Austin Theory, a very wild main event. I love this main event. It was just old school babyface versus heel. The crowd super mm-hmm. into every spot, cheering the babyface, chanting Uso. Uh, this is a great match. We even get a ref bump, which everybody just kind of gasped when we get the ref bump because that kind of told you that maybe Jay wasn't going to be winning this. Fans were very hot for Jay to win this, but as soon as the ref bump Yeah, happened, we all wanted it. 
Yes, I wanted it to. Uh, outcome's pretty deadly. And I love this because now it kind of confirms that pretty deadly and Austin Theory hopefully are going to become Man, a stable. They need each other. for a second. I forgot for a second. I was like, why is pretty deadly out here? Me too. I was trying to think in my mind, why would they be out here? What are they... The Usos champion anymore. What are they trying to pull? And then Michael Cole did a good job of saying that Pretty Deadly are his new running buddies. I think Pretty Deadly and Austin Theory could complement each other so well and Me help too. each other level up for different reasons. I think it would be a great three-man stable. Yeah, but Austin Theory has become, hear me out, and look at everybody, the least relevant champion in WWE main roster right yeah. now. And I that came to. after beating John Cena at WrestleMania. Talk about fumbling the bag. Yeah, people just aren't there yet. And I think he still heard from cashing in that money in the bank, losing it, being kind of defined down historically there. But that's one of the many reasons I think it'd be great for Pretty Deadly to come aboard and really revamp that character. Give him something to play off of. That's how you get over in WWE, is developing your character and something that people find entertaining. I wanted Jey Uso to win, and I wanted Roman Reigns to come back next week and make him put it on the line against Jimmy Uso. Ooh, that would be great. That's See, what I, I like wanted. that idea. That ties into the know. toxicity of I Roman know. Reigns. So what you're, saying, what you're saying is Roman Reigns would pit one brother against each other. So I'm glad we cleared that up. No, I'm saying he's going to make them show what they got. No, this no. is competition. This is not pitting anybody. This is competition. Okay. <laughs> you got to secure well, the bag. Are you going to start picking who you face? No. Your case for Roman Reigns reminds me of how great Wade Barrett was so good on this show as a heel commentator. Like, not just for the sake of being heel. He was making legitimately good arguments in terms of the bloodline. It was still gaslighting and doing all that stuff, but he was so There's good. There's no gaslighting. Stop. Giving people it don't even know to how to Cole. use that word anymore. That word is so overused and people don't even understand it. There was no gaslighting done here. And if Jey Uso won and he had to face Jimmy, that wouldn't be gaslighting. You want to be a fighting champ? Let's get started. Why don't we keep it in the family? Why why risk Jay losing it to somebody else? Let's keep it in the bloodline. Face Jimmy Uso. It makes sense, Alfred. Any I, I did I did want it Jay to win. And Any I feel bad for Austin Theory here because everybody is just waiting for him to drop this championship. Yeah. Any argument that Roman Reigns is not manipulating the situation is There's telling nothing you something manipulative about it. That is going on that they're saying it's not, and that to me is a definition of gaslighting. Alfred, please. Read a dictionary. I feel like I am being manipulated by people saying that Roman Reigns isn't manipulated. And I will not have it, but we got a very great match. I, too, wanted Jay Uso to win. Uh, Jimmy Uso, Chief Jimmy, comes down, cleans he house, Jay wipes the, everybody he, out. He caused his brother the match. Accidentally. That wasn't no accident. That wasn't no accident. Jay should have super kicked him in the face last week. He should have super kicked him in the face this week. Roman has been trying, not manipulate, warn him about this a complete accident Look at jimmy also jimmy also has put himself first since birth who came out first jimmy he has put himself first since birth and he wasn't gonna let jay win this title before him this is all selfishness on jimmy's side i don't understand how you're blaming roman wasn't even there so you mentioning roman manipulating like what are you talking about alfred please well that definition of manipulation you need to put some vodka so on the water you're drinking He's so toxic, he can manipulate from a distance. He can manipulate remotely. And Roman Reigns has to be worried about COVID and all that stuff like that. So he can manipulate remotely. And it's a very safe distance away from manipulating his entire situation. He gets Paul Heyman to manipulate for him. That's how good he is at this. has held Jay back since birth. It's time for Jay to fly. He can be a peacock and fly. Jay Uso will not get the opportunity to become a tribal chief. That is cap. If you're familiar with succession, which I know you aren't, but this is what happens is that Logan Roy gaslights his kids to think that they're always competing to be the head of the company of and he plays them against each other the way Roman Reigns is doing with Jimmy and Jay. You need to stop watching your cute little show and understand that what Roman is doing here is for the best of Jay. The tribal gaslighter has infiltrated the Usos in the go off the air with after the accidental super kick after accidental theory wins. How do you accidentally super kick someone, Alfred? Please, Jimmy he Uso, told Austin Theory to duck. The way Solo you Sikoa. do, and, and also what the hell, Solo? The way you do after an accident, what you do is you apologize, which is exactly what Tribal Chief Jimmy. What would to I do. apologize if I had? If there's an accident, I'm gonna beat your ass. 
Right, but Jimmy Uso tried to apologize to Jay Uso. Jay Uso was very upset in the heat of the moment. He shrugged off the apology. Uh, Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa were waiting. Uh, Do you think telling you, I'm sorry, does that put the title on his waist? It doesn't. So shove that apology right up your butt. Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa were waiting for Jay Uso to potentially rejoin the bloodline. But he will. Jay Uso left us hanging with a cliffhanger ending, walking out on all parties involved. And next week, when Roman Reigns can be bothered to show back up on TV with this butterscotch belt, we will decide once and for all whether or not Jay Uso joins the fake tribal chief in Roman Reigns. It's, and the sad. it's Kenny, sad that this or the real tribal chief in Jimmy without Uso. Roman. Like they have to have Roman there to make things happen. Come on. Jay knows what he needs to do. Jimmy did not accidentally. This this whole thing should show Jay what he needs to do. And you can tell because if he was so certain, he would have said, I accept your apology. I get it. But he didn't do that, did he? He knows. I love the parallelisms with the Bloodline feud, the storytelling, the little the callbacks that they do. They did another one where Jay Uso grabbed Solo yeah. Sokoa's hand. And we're going to get another callback when Jimmy and Jay hug and get an enormous pop next week. An enormous pop when they hug. Why would they hug? Because Why him and Sammy oh, hug. Oh, and it'll be a callback to that. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy, for helping me not be a champion, for helping me not be my best self. Thank you for that. What what would you hug someone for that? First of all, hugs, overrated. Second of all, no. (laughs) Why would you hug someone for, like, costing you your title opportunity? That's stupid. But he would hug him for costing him. Robin is not going to hug him. Forgiveness. Blood is thicker than bloodline. And Jimmy and Jay Uso will reunite next week, and it's going to be a great moment. Kelvin Alexander for $5 says, happy for Shelly. But Macklin would have had a longer... Yeah, yeah. I thought Macklin would have had a longer run, too. I think he should have as a first-time world champion. Agreed. Kevin also says, he says, mistress of bloodline mental gymnastics. Is she ever? Listen, her and Wade Barrett should join together as the counsel for the tribal chief. That defense team, I mean, they're getting everybody off. You guys might be able to get John Morant off. I had somebody get on my chat today when I was doing my wash along and said, you're so biased towards Roman. And I'm like, are you new here? Like, we all know this. Right? I, th- I thought we all accepted it and we're moving on from it. I never denied it. <laughs> I, love it. I, I would much rather hear that perspective than everybody going along with what WWE is feeding you and that baby face. I like going against Issa's point. She does make very good points. Uh, but at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is being manipulating. And he's I think he's going to get his just desserts if, next week. And if he needs somebody to manipulate, I volunteer. <laughs> okay, well, it is 6-9 day. So we are at the end of this <laughs> podcast. And it's been a great podcast. <laughs> and a great SmackDown. I, I very much, this is one of my favorite SmackDowns so of the year. So much fun. I thought this show, like I said, I, I've been bragging about it. I have fun watching it. The matches matter. Every segment felt like it count, like it meant something. Storylines are being built or continuing. Everything is great. Yeah. So this is, there's a reason why SmackDown is the show. Yes. Huge ratings. Very interesting to see what they do for this because they also tease this title match and they have this big storyline. We'll see what the, what the ratings come in. And I, I might have those tomorrow. <laughs> Of course you would. I can't wait to hear what the streets have to say. We'll see what the streets have to say about that before we get out of here. We have one more super chat from the one and only Dylan Matthews. Great friend of the show, Dylan Matthews for $2.99. Jimmy has held Jay back since his sperm-ish. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. He had to come out first. Jimmy is selfish and Jay needs to realize it. Isn't it the opposite of being held back, though, that you go out first and you open the door for somebody to come out? Isn't that the opposite of being held back? He's opening the door for Jay since day one. Literally leaving him back, but okay. Well, agree to disagree, but this has been a great podcast. You can follow Issa at NYC Demon Diva with a one and her great YouTube channel, NYC Demon Diva. Speaking of great YouTube channels, follow my YouTube channel. In honor of Pride Month, I spoke with Sonia Deville earlier today. We're going to have that interview up next week. Can't wait for that one. Like, only I can. Yes, it's going to be great. I love Sonya Deville. She's got a lot of great things to say. And she's obviously, we talked about representation earlier on in this podcast. She's doing a great job in those fronts, too, when it comes to the LGBTQ community. So check all that out. Keep checking out Wrestling Inc. And good night, everybody. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.